hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life, episode 304. We uh, crack right into this week. It is Melbourne Cup Day, and I really don't give a rat's. <laughs> um, I was on the grill team on Triple M in Sydney this morning, and the boys said, so what's your tip for the race? And I went, uh, number seven, because I literally had not paid any attention. And then um, I was asked the same question on nearly every appearance in the media today, so I just went with number seven. And, of course, number seven did not feature at all. Um, happy days. Anyway, I hope you had a win. hope you had a good day. Um, I hope you at least enjoyed the five or ten minutes of not having to really worry too much about work, which is probably what most people enjoy Melbourne Cup Day for. But in a technology world, I find it very interesting that, um, you know, you used to have to go to the tab now. Well, you just got to download an app. And I tested that today. I I don't mind a quick gamble on Melbourne Cup Day. I downloaded an app. I signed in and I bet all in five minutes. Didn't leave my office. It was so easy. Now, getting the money, proving my identity or whatever down the track, I, I, I don't know, but the percentage of people that sign up for apps and actually need to withdraw money is probably quite low. So that's probably the reason for that. But um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it's, it's a really different world we live in because, you know, we, uh, we can do that now. We can just, yeah, download stuff. So cool. Anyway, lots to talk about this week. Um, the uh, big news we'll talk about shortly, Optus and the English Premier League, uh, PlayStation VR, I want to tell you about Apple Pay, uh, Channel 9 Plus, we're going to talk telco, low-cost mobile. What a surprise. <laughs> it's a topic we haven't covered for at least two weeks now. Um, and it's actually been every week for the last two weeks. Plus your calls on the NBN, uh, buying a laptop, overseas, SIM, traveling, and a whole lot more. Because this is Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. So... Yesterday, I'm gonna. In fact, let me uh, let me search in my email here very quickly. I'm going to read to you the press release which came out yesterday, and frankly, took a fair few people by surprise. The release says, "Please find attached Optus media release issue today. Optus wins exclusive broadcast and digital rights to the Barclays Premier League." Um. Optus today announced it has won the bid for the exclusive Australian rights to the Barclays Premier League for three seasons commencing August 2016. This includes live broadcast coverage and digital rights for broadband and mobile for all 380 Premier League games. Uh, This is another significant step in our strategy to become a mobile-led multimedia company. I don't even know what that means. Alan Liu, the chief executive of Optus, said that. Because if you're a mobile-led company, you'd be... Really excited about the mobile rights. If you're a broadcast-led company, you'd be really excited about the broadcast rights. So a bit confused, a bit confused, as are nearly every follower of the English Premier League and of the media. <clears throat> this is the first time in Australia that that I know of um, that a major, like major, sporting event, <coughs> excuse me, rights have gone to a mobile company as opposed to a broadcaster and a mobile company. So... And, you know, I have a bit of insight into this area. Um, I've been involved in, in negotiating uh, Olympic rights. Um, I've been involved in the usage of World Cup rights, um, soccer World Cup. There's some 
very interesting things that go on. So, for example, with the Olympics, a TV company like Channel 7 will buy from the IOC everything, every right. And then a radio network like the one I used to work at, at 2GB, would negotiate with Channel 7 to sub-license that right. And we'd say, well, we want to be able to do this, and we want to be able to do that, and we'd pay some money, and they'd get a bit of their rights money back. Um, I remember probably eight years ago now, or nine, um, I think SBS had all of the rights to the World Cup. And Optus, in fact, um, bought or, I don't know, licensed the rights to the mobile. So they were streaming the games. So there's a lot of things you can do as a rights holder. The question is, what's Optus going to do? Because Foxtel is copying a hammering, an absolute hammering, because people are on their Facebook page going, the only reason I have Foxtel is for the EPL. Now, there's 2.8 million homes with Foxtel. I don't believe 2.1 million of them care about the EPL. In fact, it's quite possible that a lot less care. It might only be 100,000 people. It might be 300,000. But um, the comments like I'm just reading here on their Facebook page, I'll be cancelling my entire Foxtel subscription once the EPL's finished. <clears throat> These are comments that, you know, they really need to respond to. Um, uh, many thanks for years of service. I've enjoyed every minute of the Premier League. Pass on my regards. I hope the rest of the season... Oh, I mean, you know, that's, that's just um, a nice comment, but um, wondering what's going on with the EPL next season. Um, I'll be cancelling my Foxtel when the English Premier League season finishes. Um, well, I mean, this is, you know, consistent. <laughs> it's... It's a lot of people, and that's a difficult thing for a company like that to manage. So what's going to happen? So there's, let's call it, I'll start, I'll just assume it's three, but I'll count out as I go. Number one, Fox Sports may negotiate, and I think they've indicated they're open to negotiating. They may, they may negotiate with Optus to buy the broadcast rights, and Optus retains the digital and mobile rights which will mean that it won't appear on any of your apps, any of your Foxtel apps. It'll only appear via cable and satellite-delivered Foxtel. Um, then the other option is that they opt to sell the rights to BEIN. I don't know how you pronounce that, but B-E-I-N is the the other big sports network that appears. It's an add-on service to your Foxtel. They may sell them to them. And so as a Foxtel subscriber, you might have to buy a sport and that. Um and they may choose not to on-sell the broadcast rights. Oh, sorry, and it's kind of second tier of those is they could sell some of the games to a free-to-air. You know, one of the free-to-air channels might just, you know, pop up with a bunch of um, English Premier League games. I don't think so because it won't rate that well. I mean, right, it's popular, but I think that popular. Um, and the other option is they, they have this package, this system, this service, this app or something that is available on a Fetch TV, but it needs to be available in a lot of places. Like, they need an app on Apple TV, Fetch TV, Telstra TV won't be there, but they need a bunch of those things um, so that people can turn on their big screen TV and watch the football. And here's the challenge. High definition on Foxtel is beautiful. High definition on the internet doesn't look anything near like high definition on Foxtel. So this is a very interesting time. Very interesting time. I don't think we'll know until May next year, what's going on. But in the meantime, very interesting times for uh, 
for sports rights, for media rights, because this changes everything for everyone, because every sports right that comes up from now on is going to be subject to this kind of conversation. Who owns them? What are they going to do with them? And how will the average Joe get hold of them? And let's find out. We'll have to wait and see. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, it is always wonderful to be in your ears. Uh, Car, running, I don't mind. doesn't matter. Uh, It is uh, episode 304, and uh, we shall continue with calls with Jenny. G'day, Jenny. Hi, Trevor. How are you going? I'm excellent. What can I do for you? Well, I'm just wanting some advice. We're looking for a new laptop. I've got a daughter that's in year 12, Mm -hmm. and she's got a laptop that's fairly outdated. Yep. Uh, It's about four years old, and I'm looking to buy her a new laptop and something that will probably take her through to university. So she's just going, is she in year, the end of year 11 now going to year 12, or is she just ending year 12? Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, just just gone into year 12, yeah. Uh, Have you got any other kids younger than her? I do, okay. I do. Um, I've actually got three kids. I've got a, a son, nearly 21, but I've also got a 10-year-old. So, right. Well, I just because yeah. the, the yeah. reason I ask that is this. I, yeah. I don't know how long anything's going to last. And not because no. of the durability of anything, but because, hey, kids are fickle, right? Um, especially yeah. uni students. So you might get something that's perfect this year, but even next year it might be... Rah! Um, and also, you know, moving into uni, who, who knows? There might be some weird requirement. I doubt it, though, at uni. It's more that schools mm. have requirements than anyone else. So the good news is an 11- or 12-year-old will get great benefit from a 1- or 2-year-old laptop if you invest well now. Yep. So that, that I think, yep. is, is, a, is an upside to anything. Have you got a budget in mind? Um, I'd probably like to spend under 1000 Okay. If, if I could. <laughs> yep. Well, the reason I paused yeah. and, and, and maybe took a breath is because really, 1000 bucks is definitely good money to spend on a laptop. My guess is spending 1000 bucks won't get you something that will last her into uni, if, if, if very far into uni, okay. if you like. Um, it's just one of those yep. things about about laptops, really, you know, they, they are and what they are. technology, I guess. Yeah, and technology in general. I mean, yeah. so, and again, I have no affiliation, but I always find it interesting. Yep. JB Hi-Fi have a really good website for the basic, you know, I want to I want to spend this much, I want to do these things, and it's a really good thing to just click around. So, for example, okay. um, I, I'm on there now, and, and this is this is great fun because you, you really get a look at what's, what's actually in stores, forget anything else. Um, yep. and, and remember right now, the thing I'm not looking at is, is um, size or, or any of those kind of things. I'm just looking at really for that dollar, what power will you get? Now, there's three mm. things that are critical when buying a computer and especially a laptop. And the great news is, again, JB Hi-Fi, among all, among all of them, almost always list these things as a, as a highlight. So there's the processor, there's the RAM, mm. and there's the hard drive. Now, an Intel Core processor are the better processors, um, but they're now at the sixth generation. You're not going to get a sixth generation processor for a thousand bucks. You're going to have to look yep. for something older. But that's not the end of the world. A couple of year old processor is not a bad thing as long as it's the right processor. So, for example, mm-hmm. I'm looking at a Dell here, seven hundred ninety-eight dollars, mm-hmm. and it has an Intel Core i3. Now, my problem with this computer is an i3 is good for typing on Word and doing email and Facebook. But as soon as there's the need to open a photo and start doing some image editing or 
goodness only knows if you try and do a video, you're not, it's going to struggle. It's going to really struggle with okay. that. It's only got then four gigabytes of RAM. RAM is the kind of memory. It's, it's kind of how much space in its mind it's got to think about things. And then 500 gigabytes is the hard drive on this one. 500 gig, yep. fine. RAM, I'm not so happy with. Processor, not so happy with. Um, the next yep. one I look at is a Lenovo, eight gig of RAM, one terabyte hard drive. But how's this for interesting? They don't tell me uh, straight mm. up what the processor is. And I, I scroll down and it says it's an Intel i5. So i5 is better than i3. i7 mm. is better than i5. For a thousand bucks, we're not going to get an i7. Let's be clear. So okay. this is yep. a good one. Yep. This is, uh, what have I got here? I've got a Lenovo G50. This is a big, okay. this is a big computer though. It's a 15 inch. It's $900, but it is yep. perfect in terms of. Okay. Uh, what is on board. So this is this yep. then becomes the balance. She's going to go in and go, I don't want that big, buddy, chunky thing. So Yeah, because um, <laughs> that was one of her requirements as well. Like she's got to carry it every day. Yeah. Um, um, school, like she doesn't want it too clunky. But I am feeling cu- confident that we might find something because for nine ninety eight, so right on your 1000 bucks, there's the Lenovo IdeaPad, uh, which is an yep. Intel Core i7. So awesome. Um, one terabyte hard drive and four gig of RAM. It would be just fine. It'd be great. But again, it's a 15-inch laptop, so I think it's probably going to be just that touch too big. So the good news is um, JB have this little tick box I can tick that says 11 to 14 inches. So I want to only have ones that are smaller than that 15 inches. And then again, we've narrowed the search by a long way, and you start to see more computers here. Um, I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more, which is an Asus. Again, no problems with yep. that brand in my view. Core i5, yep. four gig of RAM, so not not perfect, but you know it's okay. And this yep. one, Jenny, is a really important learning for you. This one has what's called an SSD hard drive. SSD means right. solid state disk, and which is awesome because it's very fast as a hard drive. It's very light as uh-huh. a hard drive, but it's only 128 gigabytes. Now, that's a lot right. on, on general terms, but if she starts storing all of the music and downloading movies or whatever she does, it yep. will fill up fast. Yep. So she'll need to manage that. But you'll probably yep. find this one here, for example, will be a bit lighter than the others. Yep. So, yep. you know, there's a, yep. there's a lot to think about, yep. Jenny, when buying Lots a laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the good thing is these shops, JB, Dick Smith, um, Harvey's, do me a favor, yep. never buy at the first store you go to, even if they're the most wonderful people with the best deal. Because remember, you can always okay. walk back there. <laughs> go. Okay. Okay. You, you've, you've got a bit of time. Go around and, you know, have yep. a look at a few. You will never, almost never find the same computer in two stores <laughs> because yep, they change exactly. the model number or something silly and it makes it impossible to price compare. So you yep. need to take a pen and paper and you need to compare yep. uh, price, size, yep. Uh, and yep. therefore wait, you know, she can hold it in her hand and say, yes, I like it or not. Hard drive, RAM, and processor. If you look at those five okay. things, and then at the end of your little shopping expedition, go get coffee and say, right, yep. which one do we think is good? And I think you will come out okay under a 1000 bucks. But yep. as I say, um, maybe be open to a slightly higher number. And also, you know, just be open to the fact that this may be a one-year computer for her because... Uni is a whole yeah. different ball game. I mean, what's she going to study at uni? Does she even know that yet? So, uh, tough. Yeah, English literature probably. So. Okay, good. Not doing graphics and things. That's good. 
<laughs> yeah, not doing graphics, no. <laughs> uh, it's a terrible thing to say, but it's it's probably a good thing. Um, yeah. um, and then then when you shop when no, you're shopping good. around, shop online. But again, it's a very personal thing that I would say. But don't buy from um, only only shop online with the brands, right? So okay. apart from Harvey's and those guys that you shop in at the stores, if I'm buying a laptop yep. online, I'm going to Lenovo.com.au, I'm going to Dell.com, I'm going to HP. So yep. go to the, the manufacturer's website and see what they're okay. offering. We'll see what they're offering as a deal. Um, it's just a better way of price comparing then. And you might take those specs back to a retailer and so I can do a better deal online. Okay. Oh, that's fantastic. That's given me lots of um, things to think about and definitely a point of reference of where to go from, from here. So thank you so very much. No worries. If you didn't take it all down, good news, download the podcast, listen back, and you can <laughs> start all over again. It's all good. <laughs> Perfect. Thank all right, you. Jenny. Thank you, Trevor. Good I appreciate on you. your help. And happy shopping. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good on you. And if you want to get in touch, just go to the website, eftm.com.au, or if you want to be like Jenny, just go on Twitter and tweet me, at Trevor Long. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Um, not sure if you picked a winner, but so goes life, really. It's the Melbourne Cup. Uh, g'day, Rick. How are you going, Trevor? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Mate, the family and I are going on a, a short vacation over to um, over to Hawaii in December. We're a uh, pretty connected kind of family. They've all got their iPhones and stuff like that, and... Facebook accounts, and uh, because of that, I'd like to try and work out the best way that we can stay in touch with the, the family and things like that while we're over there without crossing an arm or leg. Yeah, that's always the ch- <laughs> always the challenge, really. Um, what um, what style of communication do you want to have? Do you want to be able to phone people, or uh, is email and text and, and and Twitter and Facebook or whatever good enough? Um, probably Facebook's probably the best for them. Uh, they, they're not really too much into the email and bits and pieces like that outside of school and work, so I'm blessed in that way, guys. But, uh, yeah, it's more, more just sharing it with their friends, what they're doing and what they've got up to and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Well, the so, good news there is that really, you know, Facebook and co works beautifully on the Wi-Fi. So I'd be looking at where you're staying and, uh, you know, seeing what the cost of the, the internet connection in the room is. And normally they'll have Wi-Fi and you can kind of get away with it on that. But if you are looking to do um, something a little bit more strategic and, you know, be a little bit more mobile, because obviously the problem with Wi-Fi mm-hmm. is you've got to go to the hotel, you've got to go to a cafe and, you know, what kids are like, they're going to want to take that photo filter it and put it on Instagram at that minute. So so you will get that demand. Uh, who, who are you um, – What's who's your mobile provider at the moment? Uh, Optus at the moment, yeah. So Optus have a, um, Optus have a roaming solution, um, which you should ring them about and find out what, what the details are for Hawaii because from memory it's, it's not as good as uh, Vodafone's that I've talked about a fair bit, but that's because Vodafone's a pretty, pretty global co- company. They've got that benefit, but – it's something like ten bucks a day to get you know some access. So it could well be that you can actually pay for a bit of Optus roaming, so that you can you know just connect and and do your normal thing. Um, they have like a a zone based thing. So um, depending on which you know which zone you're in and all those kind of jazz, it's just not as easy to describe as um, as the Vodafone one, which is just five bucks a day. Um, so ring Optus and find out what their options are. Um, because you might be able to do a recharge that gives you some data over there. You also should consider just going to a service station and getting a Vodafone SIM and creating a Vodafone account for, you know, a couple of months. 
or just a month and, and using that while you're over there and paying that extra five bucks a day. So honestly, those are the two solutions if you really want to take a SIM and be contactable. But uh, otherwise, mate, just push the kids to rely on, on the on the Wi-Fi. And, mate, number one most important thing, if you don't find a roaming solution, is get right. the kids turning off global roaming on all those devices. Yeah. Yes, well, that's that's the um, the question because <laughs> knowing my kids, you know, they're, they're um, pretty pretty savvy on 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 sharing and mucking around with their friends and and boasting what they've got up to. Yeah, yeah, and so, you know, that's um, let, let's you know, I think that's what you got to do is uh, as a parent is just be realistic and say, yeah, I know you want to <laughs> you want to you know send photos to your friends and stuff. Um, mm. uh, you know, just be realistic about it and explain to them the costs too. I mean, you know, you got to remember that. Even five bucks a day, like a Vodafone thing, right? Seven days, that's mm-hmm. like 30, 35, 30 bucks, right? That's a lot of money. Mm. Um, that's just that extra. And, you know, hotel Wi-Fi might cost you 20 bucks a day. You just got to, you know, if that's the case, well, mate, we're sticking to Starbucks and we're just happy to buy ourselves a, a coffee and get some Wi-Fi. So I think you, yeah. you have to have to find that balance between the overall cost and the and the benefits of roaming. But in my view, definitely ring Optus and find out what your roaming options are for them because they do have roaming. Right. And Hawaii would be covered as part of the US, which is good because they're normally the cheapest. And secondly, just think about maybe getting a, uh, a single Vodafone SIM that you can power right. up, put, you know, 50 bucks on as credit and then roam with it. So you pay, you're basically going to pay the, you know, five bucks a day plus whatever you'd paid for the month. And maybe that stays in one phone that the kids share. What about um, in regard to doing that up with uh, with Vodafone? Is it on a, a prepaid account or yeah. is it on a monthly uh, set up account? How do you how do you, you actually set that up? Yeah, Vodafone? you can you can use the Vodafone Red Roaming on their prepaid. That's what's right. that's what's crazy about it. It's so good that um, yeah, you can have just a prepaid, and as long as it's um, recharged to the right amount, you can um, right. yeah, you can do the Red Roaming, which is what they call it. Um, cool, but. Yeah, it's it's uh, easy to do, uh, uh, easy to set up, and um, yeah, well worth considering. It just means that you don't get to keep your phone number. You've got to create a new phone number um, right. on that new on that new plan. Yeah, I don't I, I don't see that as a major drama yeah, uh, no. about the phone because it, it's only only really uh, in laws and, and family that would want to contact us outside of Facebook, you mm. know, for an emergency sake. And that's so, it. Uh, you know what? There's another great thing. You just you, you've got a number to tell everyone. This is the number. Contact us on, um, mm. and and that's the number that you keep on you, and you just don't worry about all your other phones. So it becomes cool. easy as a family. You just carry one phone around. Um, mm. So I don't know if you travel much, but if this is just kind of very much a one-off, then that's a solution. If you travel a lot, like, and that's the reason, without fear or favour, that's the reason I stay with Vodafone, because I do. I'm, I'm lucky I get to travel, you know, maybe three, four times a year, and that global roaming with Vodafone is, is an absolute godsend, and I don't want to have to switch back to Vodafone every time, so I just stay with them. So how much you get for $5 a day, um, for, for For your 5 bucks a day, you get access to whatever you would normally have. So, for example, every month my plan is unlimited calls, unlimited texts, and I think it's 9 gig of data. So in January, when I go to America, uh, for the week that I'm there, I can use unlimited calls, unlimited texts back home to Australia, unlimited calls, unlimited texts within America, so you act like a local, and then I can use can 9 gig of data. Like as long as I've got the data available on my plan, yeah. I can use it. Now, if I use nine gig in one one week, then when I get home, 
I've got no data left on my plan. But you get the point. It's, right. You're just using your normal yeah. plan. Mate, you're laughing. It's really, that's the case. It is. It's honestly, it's un. It's it's un. It's really. I mean, I talk about it a lot, but really, not enough people know about it. <laughs> yeah, I remember once. Um, you know, I've been listening quite a few times to to the various podcasts. I've only listened to them on the in the car on the way home from work, mm. and. Um, and quite often you've, you've spoken about Vodafone and, and bits and pieces like that. You're, you're only always passively listening, and it's not until you really get to need to use it. I know. Now, what did Trev say? What did he say? You know? And it's funny because I get this question so often, and I'm sure there's yeah. people that go, oh, really? Another, the same question? But, do you know, you, you're not really. You're right. It's passive listening. You're not listening. It's like buying a laptop. What do I look for? Well, unless you were absolutely in the market for a laptop last time I gave that advice to someone, none of that sunk in. So, yeah, I expect you to ring me and let me know when you're buying a laptop and I'll mm. give you advice. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's going to be a good trip. I think you've got good options. Ring Optus and then uh, maybe go into a Vodafone store um, and confirm that you can just get a nice prepaid, you know, top it up with, you know, $60 worth and uh, is it mm. eligible for red roaming is the question. I'm pretty sure you'll find it is. Either that or Vodafone itself sounds pretty good as well. Well, that's my point. You know, if 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 you're off a contract, I'd switch just for that reason. Remember, mm. if you're off a contract, remember you can switch for your holiday and then switch back after a couple of months, even if you go on postpaid. Just don't go on mm. a contract. Don't go yeah. on a contract. That's the if you can afford it. And I get that a lot of people need to buy a new phone or whatever. But if you can afford not to be on a contract, it is. It's so good. It's it's freedom for you. Mm. All right, Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Thanks very much for good all luck, the advice. Mate. Have a great trip. I'll take it on board. Okay, mate. Good Thanks, on. Trev. Thanks for getting in touch, and uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au, or, of course, you can get jump on Twitter, at Trevor Long, or uh, Facebook, uh, easy to find, uh, trevorlong.com. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say, but Trevor do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin and the Approach S6 is first of its kind GPS technology uh, and Garmin's slimmest lightest golf watch. It's an unbelievable product. Uh, If you know anyone into golfing or if you're into golfing you must check this out. It's a colour touch screen on a watch that has built into it 30,000 international courses. It features swing metrics that help you with your swing. Swing tempo, tempo training, swing strength, a dedicated course view button with green view for manual pin positioning. Pin pointer blind shot assistance tells you where the pin is, even if you can't see it. A touchscreen, high resolution and glove friendly. It's a cracker. And if you know anyone that loves golf, talk to them about this. Talk to them urgently. The Approach S6 from Garmin. You can check it out at garmin.com.au. So um, I've been able, I've had to keep this a secret um, it's one of those things I was allowed to see and then not talk about. 
um, PlayStation VR, originally called Project Morpheus. Um, uh, this was a concept in virtual reality. And it's very cool, but a, about a month and a half ago, I got to play with it. And last week at Paris Games Week, it was announced officially as a product that will be available early next year. Now, I've talked about virtual reality before. Samsung Gear VR is probably the best of it. You know, you use a Samsung smartphone, you put it in this headset, and you put the headset on, you can look around the virtual world that you're in. Now, the Oculus Rift is probably the most popular in the nerdy worlds. You can hook it up to a computer, you can play games. And it's a bit nerdy. It's wonderful, but it's the core technology that's used by Samsung as well. PlayStation VR is a game changer in this space. The reason is interactivity and movement. So you put this thing on your head, and because the PlayStation has a camera, the, the, what do they call it, move camera or something, it can see where you are. And there's certain dots on the like light shine from the headset so it can work out which way you're looking and where you're moving to. So it sort of knows how far away you are. And then obviously the movement of your head is, is uh, you know, gyroscopes and accelerometers and things that look, looks around. So when you're standing still, you can look around like you would with the, with the Samsung. But you immerse yourself underwater in a shark cage and you can step forward in the shark cage and you will step forward in the virtual world. You can lean over the edge of something. You can look over the edge and you weirdly get scared. You weirdly recoil as a shark uh, jumps at you. And it's so amazing it's immersive then i sit there in this game called london heist and i don't know if we've just robbed a bank or something but i'm in i'm in the passenger seat of a getaway car dude driving and i'm holding in my hand two playstation move controllers you know those weird little sticks that look like wii u can wii controllers with the lights on the end um it's it's cool because those become your hands in the game. So I'm in a, in a car, it's racing along the freeway, there's blokes shooting guns at us. I, op I reach forward with one hand and I press a button on the controller, it opens the glove, it, it, the hand in the game opens the glove box. I reach into the glove box with the other hand, I press a button, it picks up a gun. I shoot, 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 and the, the gun runs out of ammo. I reach forward with the other hand and grab um, a cartridge. Instead of pressing a button to reload the gun, I grab the cartridge and I click my hands together and it reloads the gun. It's awesome. It's so immersive. You're leaning out of the car and shooting. You're looking forward. It's amazing. It's so cool. And this is just like first draft. This is just the first game. I cannot wait for this. If Please, if I have to invest, I will. Um, Project Cars, the racing game. I mean, I could sit here on my Red Bull racing seat with a steering wheel and the bloody headset on and drive around looking around. Oh, my God. Could you imagine how amazing would that be? Um, and then in first-person shooter games, it's, it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. Um, virtual reality is, is, is a fun thing, but immersive virtual reality like this, amazing. Uh, I mean, just sensational. So um, I highly recommend that you check out whatever you can online about it. But uh, most importantly, um, I've written uh, my thoughts and some photos and whatnot at eftm.com.au. You're listening to Your Tech Life. You can get in touch anytime you like. Uh, just go to the website. It's really easy, eftm.com.au. And, of course, you can um, jump on the Twitters and um, and leave a comment. And, of course, if you wouldn't mind also, you could jump on the, the iTunes and leave a comment too. Um, the last one I've already read, so thank you for that. But... Um, Shout-outs to those who do. I mean, here is Paul and Rage reading out comments every week on the Paul and Rage show. Um, 
I feel like you've all left comments because I've got more comments than any other bloody tech podcast on the on the interwebs. But it would be nice to get new and fresh ones. So log on, say good day, just you know, five stars. I love the show, something like that. You know, just say hi. It's really nice when you do that. Um, but no, no, no pressure. It's it's fine. Um, the other thing I should say, and it's very kind of egotistical, but um, I took part in a podcast called Humans of Twitter. Uh, Humans of Twitter is a podcast hosted by Steve Malk uh, from uh, Decider TV. He's kind of a TV blogger, but he's a very, um, very internet-savvy young man. Uh, young man. He's probably older than me. Probably the same age. I don't know. It's rude. Um, anyway, Humans of Twitter is a great idea because it basically says, I'm going to talk to uh, people who are on Twitter, and I'm going to ask them a range of kind of broad questions, but not... It's not an interview. It's really just a bunch of questions loaded at you. And um, it's kind of just putting a human face to, to Twitters. Um, you know, Corinne Grant, Jane Kennedy, Josh Withers, uh, the marriage celebrant, Sam Mack, uh, Dan Illick, um, a whole bunch. Andy Park, who used to be at SBS now at the ABC 730 report. And then there's mine. It's 30 minutes of... Uh, so if you want to hear more about me and I don't know, it's, it's, it's pretty good. You know what? I really, really thought it was good. My wife listened to it and was very upset because I apparently bagged her in it. Um, but it was a good chat. I, it was a good kind of as close as I'll get to an in-depth chat in my life because who would want to interview me? But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And if you wanted to have a bit of another side of me, then uh, download episode 27 of Humans of Twitter and uh, jump on the Twitters and uh, um, acknowledge your listenership of that great podcast by tweeting me, at Trevor Long, and um, the Humans of Twitter People who are somewhere on humans of this is their Twitter account. Humans of this, uh, tweet them and say you listened. We would appreciate your support. Um, I, it'd be interested in your feedback. Do let me know if you listen. Thanks for listening. Ah, uh, let's keep going with the show. Your tech life with Trevor Long. Well, who would have thought that on Melbourne Cup Day, I'd have the trifecta? That's right. Breaking news. I have the trifecta now. It's with a twist, I'll be honest. I did gamble on the Melbourne Cup, and I lost everything. I didn't lose my house. I just lost everything I gambled. Um, but here's the trifecta that I have. You'll remember um, three weeks ago, I spoke to Ruslan Kogan, the boss of Kogan Mobile. Last week, I spoke to the boss of Boost Mobile. Well, here's your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. The boss of the fourth biggest telco in this country, and uh, you would have to argue the biggest of the uh, low-cost carriers. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that uh, Julian is on the line. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Hi, how are you, Trevor? Mate, I'm well, and um, it's quite interesting. It would be... I, I'm, I've been doing this now for six years. I don't remember ever interviewing uh, a telco CEO three weeks in a row. Um, and it just says to me that we're in some space here that's... I think pretty exciting for the average Joe because it means that there's clearly some competition coming again. I feel like, and I've said this a couple of times, I feel like we, we lost the competition a bit a few years ago. I think uh, maybe yeah. even only 18 months ago. So I, I feel like it's coming back for the people that want to want to save money on, and be on a lower cost plan. It certainly is, Trevor. And, uh, and, and I just want to say you've obviously saved the best for last. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, we're very excited. To, uh, obviously, uh, we've launched what we call as our One Decision Plans. Uh, and um, and on Monday, we, we launched a, a portfolio of unlimited plans, which range from $24.90 a month up to $49.90 a month. 
uh, and with our portfolio now, all our unlimited voice, text, MMS uh, is included. We've mm. also added unlimited international MMS and SMS to 32 countries. Wow. Uh, and now all you need to choose is your data. And from $24.90, you can get one gigabyte of data, um, $29.92 gigabytes of data. And, uh, and on Monday, we launched $39.90 with five gigabytes of data and $49.90 with eight gigabytes of data. So uh, whether you're budget conscious or data hungry, we've got, a, we've got it all covered. And it is quite an interesting evolution. Uh, Amazim kicked off however many years ago now with, uh, you know, just the, the per minute, per, t- per text concept. And then very quickly after that introduced the, the, the single bundle or, or, or not cap plan because uh, Rolf was never a fan of the word cap. But uh, and now now you've got this suite, as you say, of of uh, of plans that really take the decision making out of it in, in 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 any regard other than data, because in reality they're all pretty much much of a, much of a muchness. And data is the big thing these days, isn't it? Data is what yeah. matters to people. What am I doing? Am I streaming? Am I downloading? Am I YouTubing? What am I doing? How much data do I need? And how how much can I spend to get what I need? Do you think that people are um, I guess, aware enough of their own usage? Or do you think people are still kind of just going, oh, no, I'll keep paying 70 bucks with Telstra or Optus because I need, you know, whatever they're offering? And, and they're, they're just a bit blasé about it? Yeah, look, I think, I think it, 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 it is improving every year, but I would say there's still an enormous uh, population out there that still are paying way too much for their, their plans and not getting uh, and, 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 and are on plans that are not meeting their requirements and mm. uh, and um, you know I think uh, there's uh, so much choice out there now but you know what we've come out with um, and which is so unique to Amazon is you know because we are online led you know you download our app and all the products are sitting there on the app and if you uh, want to use uh, 8 gigabytes this month, you pay forty nine ninety. If you, some people go overseas and they don't use any data while they're overseas, so they just swap down to the twenty four dollar ninety plan. Mm-hmm. But you can self care and optimize yourself, you know, on whatever plan you want. How much of this, with the greatest respect, how much of this is is a reaction to the movements in the market? I mean, you, I guess uh, industry small. You probably knew there was something coming from, you know, Kogan coming back in, or how much of it is just because the you know you've got to be. Ready for the data-hungry users, and you don't want to lose them back into the big telcos. Look, it's, it's part it's part competition, and it's part um, consumer behavioural changes. You know, and uh, we've always uh, prided ourselves on being the pioneer of unlimited, uh, going back four years ago. And uh, and one of the things of just, not just being the pioneer, but we're always one of the you know the best value providers of, of unlimited uh, products and services for mobile. Uh, uh, even in a competitive environment. And yes, people come out there with new products uh, from time to time, but we always refresh our products to make sure we've got the best offering in the marketplace. And um, and, then, and then coupled with that, yeah, consumer behaviour is changing. They are becoming more aware of what they want in data, but at the same time they have budget constraints. And mm. no longer can you have a one-size-fits-all product. You've really got to cater for, for different budgets and different needs. What um, I mean, last time we spoke, or I got a number. I think your customer number you were quoting was around six hundred thousand. Um, how how are you tracking today? Oh, look, we uh, as you know now we're a, we're a public company, and uh, we we announced that our June thirty results uh, uh, having over uh, over seven hundred eighteen thousand customers uh, and growing. So uh, 
we're growing, we grow every year uh, pretty much at the same rate. So that, uh, <laughs> you know, it's very exciting, and it really just shows how this brand is resonating with the Australian consumers, and it's not slowing down. What I mean, I, yeah, I'm not a finance reporter, so I don't read public statements and whatnot. But in, in general terms, without you know sticking to exact numbers, what what percentage or what what bulk of your of your customers, the seven hundred thousand, are in these uh, unlimited plans? Because you have still got people running the you know the the per minute per per text rates, don't you? <clears throat> that that's correct. We still have we still have our as you go plans. Um, we have a flexi product which is for nineteen dollars ninety, which is really designed to the to that budget conscious user that doesn't necessarily need an unlimited. But you know, by and large, the unlimited product suite is becoming the most dominant product uh, on our on our um, on our portfolio. And you know, we don't disclose the actual product mix by by plan. But what I can tell you is that. You know, month in, month out, um, more than more than sixty percent of our uh, new customers are choosing uh, unlimited. Mm. And uh, and from a business perspective, you know, keeping this, you kind of you kind of want to own the twenty five to fifty dollar space. Uh, would that be a would that be a target? Because you know, the big telcos, the big three, are quite happy. Frankly, I, from what I can see, they're quite happy for the fifty dollar customers unless not to be with them. They feel like they, I don't know, it's a weird thing to me, yeah. but they they feel like, seem like they're only catering to people who have you know more disposable income, perhaps. So, is the twenty five to fifty dollar market the 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 target in terms of Spend. That's uh, certainly the sweet spot for Amazon, and uh, we've always been uh, the mass market dom- domestic consumer uh, pro- you know, provider. And um, you know, there's a stat that we got from Telsite that uh, 20% of Australians spend between 20 and 30 dollars a month on their communications. So, you know, we do see a lot of exciting plans out there that offering five gigs, eight gigs, ten gigs. Um, but not everyone can afford that or not. You know, 20% of the market don't actually even look at that. So uh, it shows you uh, the size of the market in the 20 to $50 mark, and uh, that's, that's a huge addressable market for us. You know, um, the, the company basically going from strength to strength. I mean, the last time we spoke was uh, it's nearly a year ago now, um, but in fact a little bit more than a year ago. You know, is, is it getting harder or easier as a, as a telco in this market given – the competitiveness of the big guys, let alone the introduction of competition again at the low low cost. Yeah, look, I think I think we've uh, I, I think the timing of Amazon coming into the into the market in 2010 and the the, the the disruption service that we provided to the Australian market really gave us a a, a, a huge slingshot into 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 establishing our position into into this competitive landscape. Um, but I say it would be getting much harder if you can't scale. Uh, or, or compete uh, in this competitive market now would be a very difficult market to enter. So, um, you know, for us, we can provide, you know, we're growing very quickly, uh, but we have a, it's not just about price, it's our service differentiation by being DIY self-care, and uh, that's truly unique in the marketplace, and uh, you have to have that sort of differentiation to to be sustainable in the Australian market. And, I guess that's that, that's that's what we stand for. Behind We're closed, the uh, Uber of mobile is what we call ourselves internally. Be behind, uh, well, internally and maybe behind closed doors. Is there a big target somewhere? Is a million the target for you to get to a million customers? Oh, look, you know, there's been a lot of uh, discussion around comments made around getting to the million. Look, it's a it's a big round number and it sounds exciting, but uh, you know, year in year out, we've been very consistent with our growth. And uh, if we if we um, continue to do our 
you know, growth rates annually as we have been over the last four years, we will certainly get there one day soon. What, um, just finally, uh, a thing I might have asked you a year ago, I'll go back and check, but what, um, what's the average user using every month in data terms? Well, we, um, one of the things that uh, we see is that the, probably the average data utilisation probably ranges from one and a half gigs to two gigs a month. Oh. I feel like um, that's probably growing. one and a half gigs higher than it was a year ago. That's exactly right. And it's growing. Industry analysts are forecasting it to grow uh, for a 30% CAGR growth. Uh, over the next three years. So that's a compounding growth of 30% year in, year out. Yeah. So uh, you can see the, the the insatiable appetite for data is, is certainly not going to stop. All right, well, uh, it's it's good stuff. I mean, 50 bucks for a gig of data. That's, that's the headline here. <laughs> it's as simple as that, really, isn't it? And, 40... I, and, I, and you also get 300 minutes of international voice, which is uh, which I... I uh, hadn't mentioned earlier. It's, uh, it's a fantastic plan, that one. It is. Uh, it's uh, it's a credit to you. I mean, it's just it's responsive. You've you've added a gig of data there. You've, you're working with the international stuff. It's a nice suite of plans that you have there now. So, uh, good luck. I mean, as I say, I'm excited by the fact that there's competition again at the at the low end. There's always been competition for you. I mean, it's always been there. But I guess we're just talking about it again. And if if Kogan is able to get people talking about low cost again, I'm happy because I keep saying to people, and I tried to say it this morning on the Today Show. In fact. Um, don't be on a contract. Wherever possible, don't be on a contract because you create flexibility for yourself, you own your handset. It's a whole other world when you can switch carriers and, and go with the people that serve you well and give you what you want. And most people actually find someone they like and stick with them, even though they've got the flexibility of shopping around. I would suspect that's your experience because you, you, my experience with your company is good customer service and you must have a good rating in that sense. Uh, we've got one of the we've got the highest net promoter score, which is an industry term for yep. customers recommending you to other customers, and uh, uh, we're very proud of being the highest in that highest in the industry in that space. <clears throat> Julian Ogren, congratulations, good luck, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again when you have uh, more news. It might be a year away, but uh, it's always good to chat, mate. Thank you very much, Trevor. Ah, as I enjoy a nice cold. Coke. I could have done that while the jingle was playing, but poor planning on my part, really. And you'd think I'd just re-record this bit, but I want you to have a feeling that it's kind of live, but not. Um, the other couple of interesting bits of news this week, quickly. Um, channel Nine announced a new TV sh- a TV channel called Nine Life, and uh, at the same time they announced that they would be simulcasting Channel Nine in HD. Big news for people that love sport, because that's the big thing. We've got the cricket, we've got the NRL, it's all going to be in HD. So this is really exciting, but I just, and I love it, don't get me wrong. People have said to me, why are you bagging it? I'm not bagging it. I love it. But I just want people to be aware in advance that um, that it may not work on your TV. So they're using a very special new technology, which is actually quite old now, called MPEG-4. MPEG-4 allows the the head end, the transmitter, the, the encoder, the part that actually turns the pictures into a um, you know piece of airwaves that then gets decoded or turned back into pictures at your end, it allows them to do more with less airwaves. So they currently use MPEG-2 for a HD channel, and it uses 11 meg of spectrum, the airwaves that they have. That's nearly half of what they have available. If they use MPEG-4, it might use 70% of that. It might even be less. So they can push out a high-quality broadcast using less space, which is a big deal. It's how they fit in the new channel. But can you see it? 
Now, good news. Channel 7's racing channel, Channel 78, is also broadcast in MPEG-4. So if you want to know if it'll work, jump on Channel 78 on your digital TV. See if it works. If it does, you'll be sweet. If it doesn't, you need to look up the make and model of your TV and see whether it's MPEG-4 compatible. Maybe do a firmware upgrade as well because it may have required a firmware update since it was bought. If you bought a TV in the last five years, I'm confident it'll be MPEG-4. Uh, anything older than that, you will need to check. All right, so just calm down on the on the HD. It's very exciting. Um, I am a bit concerned about what the Today Show will now look like in HD. But uh, anyway, I can't get any fatter just because of high definition, really, can I? <laughs> anyway, um, so Channel 9 in HD, that's exciting. It's good news. And the other one was Apple Pay. Um, God, I'm sick of not having it. God, I pay with tap and go all the time. I carry an iPhone all the time. Why can't I pay with it? Seriously, Westpac, ANZ, who are the other ones? NAB and Commonwealth Bank, you're a joke. It's an outrage. You're stupid for being so greedy and, and just silly. Such a harsh editorial. Um, seriously, just introduce it. I know you're not going to make this. probably going to forego $100,000 or something. Who cares? Get over it. Um, this is a really great service convenience. But American Express have announced that they are bringing it to Australia and it will be here by Christmas. So if you've got an American Express issued American Express card, so not a Commonwealth Bank card with an American Express logo on it, um, you by Christmas will be able to add that to your iPhone and tap and go for payments. Now, I don't think most people are tap and going American Express for 20 bucks here and there. And I also don't know that tap and go is, a, is available with American Express in a lot of places. So that's probably the bigger challenge for Amex. But it puts the cat out there, probably looking at the pigeons. I don't think the cat's running through the pigeons yet. But I think once, and look, here's, I plan to get a terminal. I plan to pretend to have a shop and show people how Apple Pay works. I think it will blow people's mind. And, and I think that will force the banks to get involved. So we shall see. Uh, anyway... Apple Pay is coming. If you've got an Amex card like me, yay, uh, we, we can do it. And I'll let you know the minute it's available, the minute. Um, and uh, you'll probably find that information out most rapidly by following me on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. You can get in touch anytime. Just go to the website, uh, eftm.com.au is the place to go. G'day, Scott. Hey Trevor, how are you going? Good buddy, what can I do for you? So, um, I have NBNs coming into my area. The, I can see the fibre to the node box actually got installed in the last couple of weeks. And so describe um, that for me. Bit... Just is it is it obvious that it's an NBN box or is it because you're in the know that you realise this? Well, it's a new piece of infrastructure that looks you know nice and shiny yeah. and it's got um, conduit running to the Telstra pillar and the pits. Yeah, right. so, okay. And then matching up the news stories that have been coming up, I can see that the you know the format, the footprint that we're seeing on is exactly the same. And your um, where do you appear on the three-year rollout? Are you appearing in the next few months? Actually, this month. Oh, in well, yeah, right. So, and that that, that three-year rollout talks about construction starting. So you're a lucky man. That's good. What what what's your worry then? Um, it's for the last few years I've been having problems. I have currently have um, ADSL via the copper network. And the I've had problems with poor performance on the ADSL network and constant dropouts and needing repairs a couple of times a year. 
Um, and after storms, that the internet plays up after storms, um, like the everything's getting flooded underneath the ground. Yep. And just sort of wondering about the you know the worry about the performance. You know, because the NBN now the fibers have no use of the copper network. Yeah. It's it's the copper that's actually causing me problems at the moment. So um, I just I feel like I'm just having the same problems with the NBN. And so you're you're basically going well. Hang on a minute. The uh, fiber to the node is not not you know objecting to that, but your concern is that the the copper that they're going to utilize is already degraded, which is obviously one of the big stories that's been around. You know, people like Ben Grubb have been covering that for some time. <clears throat> the question is, what's the copper like in your street? Do you are you just saying because you've had ADSL problems, you think there's a there's an issue, or um, like is there anything else that you have that supports the fact that they really need to look at it? Um, so over the last few years, I've been talking with Telstra and various engineers that come and do the very constant repairs, and they tell me that there is a problem with the trunk that services my area. Telstra um, people have. And yeah, the Telstra engineers, even some of them after repairs, they sort of come up to my door and say, well, we fixed, you know, we've resoldered all the, the connections in all the pits leading to the exchange, but just to let you know that, you know, this is a problem, Telstra knows about it internally, but, you know, because the NBN's coming, they don't want to do repairs on them. Right, on so the this line. is that whole stuck in the rock and hard place thing. You, Telstra's been out, they no. kind of acknowledge, they're not putting in writing, I'm guessing, but they kind of acknowledge no. there's a problem, but because, you know, it's about to all get handed over and something else built there, why would they do anything about it? And, you know, are the NBN at the point of knocking on doors yet or is it just a lot of work going on that you don't know about? Is it is it really a, a wait and see? Or are you worried that if you wait and see, it'll be crap and then it'll either delay it and make it a longer install or you'll have to go through the rigmarole of actually saying to them, no, no, it's not working in my street? Yeah, so it, as you said, the, it's, it's, I'm worried about there's going to be crap in the... In, you know, as soon as they put it in, I'm kind of highlighting to the NBN going, hey, you know, there's a problem here that you should know about. So. And have you had any response? I had a talk to somebody today, some of the stuff, and gave me a call. Mm. Um, he was very, he wasn't very helpful. Um, <laughs> and he kind of sort of, basically, I spent, you know, 14 minutes talking him around in circles, and basically they're kind of saying, well, you know, they are supposed to do testing before they start, but they know that they haven't done testing. Um, there's no, they haven't received any file, any information from Telstra they're supposed to about all parts of the network. Mm. Um, so they're just sort of gone ahead and with no testing and no information. You know, and they're saying, well, they know better. <laughs> um, they, they had told me that the rollout to the houses actually hasn't started yet, so they may change their mind altogether. What, they might not go fiber to the node. Well, might not go NDN in my area is what he was implying. Oh, right, because it may be in the too hard basket. We'll save it for later. Uh, I, th- I think yeah. that's unlikely. I think it's more likely that, um, you know, and they've said that they'll replace copper that's no good, and they bought a lot of copper, enough to do all the, all the nodes, but, you know, there'd be enough there and they'd be good buy more if they need to run or rerun the copper. So uh, I can tell you, they, they won't run fiber just for fun. Um, they will. Um, they'll, they'll just repair the copper. So the big question that we need to take out of this is: excellent, the the node is clearly coming. Um, when are you going to test the copper? How do you test the copper? And if the copper's no good, what are you going to do about it? Is that what we basically want to know from the NBN? Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah.
Right. Well, let's let's put that to the NBN. I mean, you know, Bill Morrow's been very open about you know his his plans and taking questions. So I'm happy to just put that to the NBN for you if you like. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, All right. Well, look, I've got your details. Let's uh, let's throw a flag up a pole and see what they say. You know, we may get stuck in a bit of a loop on the whole well, construction hasn't started, yada, 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 but let's just get some sort of commitment that they're at least going to um, manage the um, the copper in the area. And from my point of view, also understand how this occurs in other areas. So, you know, we're maybe someone who doesn't have the experience with, you know, reporting the, the concerns over the period of time to Telstra, what tests do they do? Do they, do they install the node and then run some tests on people's homes or do they just test... It's certain parts of the street. How do they actually check that? That's what I'm interested in, so it'd be quite interesting. Well, it'd be good to find out. So. All right, leave it with me, mate. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Trevor. No worries. And uh, if you've got a question, a problem, a comment about anything technology in your life, get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. And that's a wrap. Thank you very much for listening. It is always wonderful to have your company to the... Many thousands of people who follow me on Twitter, thank you. It's lovely to have your company. The Twitter accounts you can follow, even if you just join Twitter, just join it. Have a look. It's fun. Um, we have chats. We, we have fun. It's, it's fun. Uh, join Twitter. Put the app on your phone. Sign up and follow at Trevor Long. Follow at EFTM and follow at Your Tech Life. Now, they are not all the same. Some stuff does get shared across it all. Certainly technology only on Your Tech Life. Certainly anything tech, cars and lifestyle on EFTM and a bit of all of that plus a bit of gibberish on Trevor Long. And it's okay to follow them all. In fact, it's recommended by me. There's no clinical studies been done, but I'd like to think my followers are the most satisfied followers on Twitter. (laughs) What a load of garbage. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And I'll leave you with this song. I'm eaten by a bollock. I'm eaten by a bullet, constrictor. I'm eaten by a bullet, constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh no, he from my toes, he from my toes. Oh gee, he from my knees, he from my knees. Oh fiddle, oh fiddle, down to my middle, down to my middle. Oh, heck, he's up to my, he's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh, dread, he's up to my head.